every time you hear a story, you recognize the fundamental human connection that you have with another person, whether you met them two minutes ago or whether you met them 20 years ago. That's the power of what we're trying to build at Qualtrics. This is The Playbook. Jesse Purewell is with me, global head of brand at Qualtrics. Jesse, welcome to The Playbook. David, an honor to be here. Great to see you. Well, you are a breakthrough kind of guy. And, you know, I've been blessed to be around some people with the spirit of excellence. And one of the things that we all have in common at that frequency is changing our thermostat. Everybody's born with an energetic and a genetic inheritance that uh, will settle them or make them feel comfortable at a certain temperature, at a certain degree of success and a certain degree of failure. So if we get too low, we'll rise up to that level. And if we get too high, unfortunately, usually self-sabotage and ego will take us back down to that temperature. Uh, in order to build breakthrough, what were some of the experiences that you've had previous to Qualtrics that has allowed you to understand what a breakthrough builder is? I love that you went to temperature out of the gate because to me, it is all about balance, you know, quite literally with the thermostat in my place. If, you know, one of the reasons I'm a California guy, you know, if it gets hotter than about 72, I, I, I don't know if it gets lower than 68, ugh, man, that's a little tricky too. <laughs> you know, everything in balance always been about art and science for me going back to even elementary school, you know, forget high school, college, right? I've always been a person who the left brain's got to be sinking with the right brain and I got to be kind of tickled on both sides to be doing stuff that's beautiful and meaningful and, and just that I get a lot out of and that I think can build for others. Um, so look, I think it comes down to really understanding that when you build a brand, it's equal parts, you know, you're building after a functional need and you're trying to address a gap in somebody's experience and somebody's life and somebody's business, as well as you're trying to build a durable emotional connection to that, that person. And so when, when I look at great brands, they could be consumer brands like Starbucks or Nike, they could be B2B brands like HubSpot or what we're building at Qualtrics. We are all about, you know, getting to breakthroughs by thinking about what's that experience gap you're closing kind of functionally in someone's life. And then what's the bigger reason that you're going to develop loyalty over time and, and build an honest, durable, emotional relationship with a person. And you touched on two important things there, which I'm sure you have utilized and developed an expertise in as a consultant previously. And that's one credibility, uh, which is determined by your skills and your knowledge, uh, but also this emotional attachment, which I believe is determined by your desire. I know you work within the context of sports a lot as well. And uh, Mike Tamenbaum, for example, we went to law school together. We have a, a show together and we talk about, you know, the basement of talent is the skills and knowledge. The ceiling is the desire. Um, and yet there's a reconciliation between this credibility and emotional attachment that you learn as a consultant. And now you're implementing that in your current role at Qualtrics uh, as this head of brand. Um, and so how have and what lessons have you learned that you're applying today in your current role about that reconciliation uh, between the skills, knowledge, and the desire uh, that you have personally and the brand has. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrific point. I mean, going back to the consulting days, for me, there was a, a lesson I learned early in my career that said, if you're keeping score based on how many recommendations your clients accept and put in the world, you're going to be pretty disappointed, right? You say, look at a hall of fame slugger, right? Nobody hits 400 anymore. You hit 330, you got a great shot at the hall of fame. And 
that was a really helpful reference point for me to go. It's not about putting the stuff into the world and saying, look what I just did. Actually, where I found the magic was, was how are you empowering a leader or a team or an organization of people in the things that they want to go do and accomplish in their careers? And that idea of being the person behind the person, using that foundational skill set that you talked about, using that idea of creating beautiful things that can go create meaning and purpose in people's lives, but being the person behind the person. We used to say guy behind the guy. Now we talk about person behind the person that is the source of all, all magic to me. And it's one of the reasons why I stayed on the agency side for so long before coming into Qualtrics, which is a brand I got a chance to partner with our CMO, Kylan, to build a few years back. And so it was a really awesome chance for me to go, okay, like these foundational skills have been at play in SaaS and in infrastructure, you know, sports, consumer, FS, all these different categories. But now I really do want to hand in, not just kind of architecting on the upstream side, but really putting this thing into work across people's lives, channels, experiences, and empowering people within a marketing organization, as opposed to from the outside as a member of a consulting company. And one of the areas that are so important today, and you have a traditional background, uh, which can be applicable to so many areas in a business, but most importantly, what I believe has impacted all brands and all businesses the most is technology. And I'm gonna give you a little brief history from my own personal experience. I was a kid that graduated out of law school, like I said, with Mike Tannenbaum. He worked for 600 bucks a month to be, work for the Saints with his $100,000 law loan. I wanted to make money to pay mine back as quick as I could and buy my mom a house and a car. So I started to work in the internet in 1992. Mm. Uh, my mom told me Web.10 was a fad and that it was never going to work. Mm -hmm. Then later in my career in 1999, I became CEO of Samsung's phone division. In 1999, once again, the world told me uh, that you would never be able, including with Alex Machinsky, voice over IP and win a Windows CE device for Samsung, that you would never talk full duplex in color in video to China for free. Alex Machinsky and I in 1999 said BS to that. Now we're at Web 3.0 and I haven't seen anything that has impacted brands more <clears throat> technology and the capabilities of Web 3.0 combined with the historical uh, capabilities of 2 on one of course. But one of your superpowers is that technology has impacted your career as much as mine in this journey. And now it inspires you, I think, as a priority, just like it inspires me to create accelerated change and get the alignment necessary, especially at Qualtrics. Yeah. You know, tech companies have, have always been somewhat famously bad about defining their, their brands. I mean, if you, if you consider what a, a, a great company and a great value proposition like Amazon or like Microsoft do, it's a little hard to articulate, well, what, what, what's in their brand though? Like, what do they really stand for? Like, what's their higher purpose? It gets a little bit obfuscated beneath product and innovation, which are wonderful and important things that are moving society forward, but it- and Profit and, it, and profit. Yeah, well, isn't that, yeah, that sort of emotional connection. I think about like, contrast that with the great consumer companies like J&J &J and Nike and Procter and Starbucks. It's, it's almost like, technology marketers for a whole generation were instructed to ignore that their customers were people too. Uh, and so in my career, what I got a chance to do for many years of profit was work with the Cisco's, the HPE's, the BMC softwares of the world to say, yo, 
your categories are getting disrupted massively and quickly by brands that are standing up, if not quite overnight like D2C, at least in a matter of weeks and months on AWS, how are you going to respond in a, in a company that wasn't built for mobile, wasn't built for the cloud, wasn't built an IoT landscape, wasn't built to be global, and wasn't built around necessarily the idea of a fundamental purpose? And getting to shape that conversation with executives in technology about technology companies, just a magical set of experiences to help that industry sort of see like, oh, okay, a lot of these things happening on the consumer side in marketing and branding are completely relevant for us in B2B and in tech. It's so interesting because technology has helped me with the personal brands that I've built working for Lee Steinberg and being the wizard of Warren, you talked about the guy behind the guy, right? I've been the guy behind the guy for two decades uh, in my career. And now uh, with all the content that I provide, I became the guy or, or the person. I am a guy, by the way, but uh, I am the person uh, that has and it holds its own frequency and its own brand. And one of the things, the place that I got started is an area that you're thriving as well, that truly has shaped my perspective in business. And that's this podcast, The Playbook. And I wrote my first book, it's called Connected to Goodness by going to Napoleon Hill Foundation and saying, I wanna write a modern day think and grow rich. Something that will sit on the desks of people, a pragmatic tool that has the spiritual, emotional belief system tied to it, a value system tied to it. Uh, but more importantly, my podcast, the one that you're on right now is truly the modern day digital Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich. I sit around all day and shape my perspective of business by learning from the greatest business minds like yours, but you do the same thing, right? We swap podcasts and we're going to be on other people's podcasts, Gary and Tom and you know Ed, all the great ones, but I learn more from both sides of it. How has your Breaking Through Builders podcast and that experience shaped your perspective for business even probably more than your consulting career? Yeah, it's a great question. Let me let me take us back to some days that you know we all we don't all want to reckon with the memories of, and that's kind of early part of 2020. So I had started at Qualtrics in in April of 20, April 6th of 2020 was my first day, and you know there's a lot going on in the world that was really crazy. Uh, and I came into the organization. I had two reflections on our thought leadership. One was that our thought leadership was a little bit too much about us and our products, not really venerating or celebrating our customers and their accomplishments using our software and our platform. And the other was that it was not articulated and expressed in a very modern way. We were doing a lot of white papers. We were doing a lot of downloads. We were doing a lot of emails, still a lot of basic blog kind of stuff, highly SEO optimized, like brilliant jujitsu ninja level stuff in terms of the bottom of the funnel excellence to lead to lead gen but it wasn't inspiring enough and it wasn't captivating enough. And I thought, okay, well, we need to address both those dimensions. We need to make it more about the customer and we need to make it more modern and fresh. And so my boss at the time said, well, what do you have in mind? And I was like, let me get back to you. But pretty quickly said, well, let's experiment with this idea of a podcast, you know, meeting people where they are. And it was also, David, if I'm honest, a very viscerally important thing for me personally at the, at the time, you know, two young kids at home, you know, two adults working, that whole, you know, deal, you know, God bless, you know, everybody in the healthcare industry and in the first responder industry, keeping us safe. And so we could do our thing as knowledge workers, right? A little bit of privilege, but it was, it was heck on wheels for a long time. And podcasts were that moment where, Hey, go for a walk, take the dog, you know, get yourself out. I was learning so much by listening to so many voices like yours. 
and having these digital dialogues. I thought, well, we're using our eyes all freaking day on these screens more than we want to be. We're probably not using our ears enough as a society. And maybe there's a real opportunity here to connect with our audience in new ways. And so bringing those two things together, let's be more modern and let's celebrate our customers and, and people we are for, the breakthrough builders out in the world. Started to pull in folks, you know, Robert Chatwani, CMO of Atlassian, Geetha Morali, the founder of a nonprofit Room to Read, uh, senior leaders across all kinds of sectors saying, why did you build what you build? How do you do it? How do you think about the intersections between your career and your company's purpose, et cetera? And just being able to create a library of content that honors and venerates experiences and the people who are behind them, like that's what I'm learning about. How do they do it day in and day out? How do they keep bringing that energy and that conviction and back to your earlier point, that skill set to be able to do the work that they do as they grow in their careers? Well, the last question I have for you, you're an extraordinary storyteller, right? You still tell stories that people feel. It's not just what you do, say, think, and believe, but when you speak, whether you're being interviewed or giving an interview, you're very empathetic. Uh, I, I'm a clear sentient myself. So I feel people and you're easy to feel. You're very empathetic, but you're also very curious um, and you have an extraordinary wit, um, both intellectual and emotional wit. I think those three qualities and the ability to storytell transcend to the customer, to a customer experience. And what made us probably both very successful in brand building and marketing throughout the last, for me, 30 years, because I had the exact same type of characteristics that you do. People learn by telling stories and life's about lessons. For you, you're an expert in this consumer experience. Qualtrics is another example of your expertise. How important is it to tell a story still today to teach a lesson or provide value? It's of infinite importance. It, it really is. I mean, I believe we are creatures of story and we understand the world through story. You know, nobody ever pulled up a, a, a seat at the bar and, and showed their buddy their, their calendar for the day. You know, they, they, you walk up and you go, I tried the craziest thing just <laughs> happened. Right. And you're into that story. And, and it's like, every time you hear a story, you recognize the fundamental human connection that you have with another person, whether you met them two minutes ago or whether you met them 20 years ago. Life is all about a series of stories. I pick up my kids from school. You know, they're not going, well, then I went to recess and I went, no, they're saying, did you hear what Jonah said to me when I, oh no, tell me the story. So I just think no matter whether we're five years old or 55 years old, we are connecting with people because of the stories we've had, we're sharing the human experience. That's the power of what we're trying to build at Qualtrics. Look, with Qualtrics, we're trying to build a platform that delivers empathy at scale. So we're trying to go one-on-one -on -one personalization. How do we close your experience gaps? But then for companies that have to go do that at scale to grow and succeed and lead their categories, we're allowing that to happen as well. So personalized empathy at scale, you know, at high volume. I think that's the magic in what we're building here and trying to storytell around that to your point, even using wit, you know, as we go with our brand personality and, and build stuff out in the market, whether it's writing copy or doing video or even kind of basic things you do with our blog, we, we do not want to show up in a static way, right? We talk a lot about witty, not goofy. Our humor is smart. It's not silly. It's not childish. It's not slapstick. We try to use a smart humor. We try to give people a little grin, not a laugh out loud, just a little grin. So that was a, a reading it. They're thinking, okay, these guys aren't too self-serious. This is the kind of company I want to do business with. Yeah. When I watch your stuff and see your work, I think of Xander's rule number six, uh, which is simply don't take yourself so seriously. 
And then they asked Sanders, well, let's rule one through five, go to rule number six. I can see that uh, as well throughout your career and especially what you're doing with Qualtrics. I just am a big fan of what you do and how you do it, whether you're on stage, whether you're on your podcast or in the midst of an actual uh, performing occupation that you are as a brand marketer. Jesse Pierwall, thank you so much 